Likute Sichais, Chelik Yud, it's volume 10, second Sicha for Parshas Vayera. This is a Rashi Sicha with an amazing, wonderful lesson at the end that the Rebbe concludes with. But before we begin, I want to just ask you to take a moment and think of the English word approach. What comes to mind? Well, approach means you go from one place to another. You change your location and you approach closer to the location that you desire. But approach can also mean something mentally, correct? Not necessarily moving physically from one place to another. Think of, you know, we're approaching landing. Okay, that's a physical approach. But think of we're approaching a conclusion of this negotiation. We're approaching a ceasefire. So that's not a physical approach. This is going to be very beneficial and very handy while we go through the Sikha. And this Sikha, we're going to see beautifully how every detail in Rashi fits in, makes sense, and is necessary. Let's begin. On the Pasuk, Vayigash Avram Vayoymer Ha'af Tispe V'goymer. On the Pasuk, when Avram, quote, approached and said, are you also going to sweep away? Are you also going to destroy a tzaddik and a rasha? This is by the story of Sedaim, when Hashem informed Avram that he is going to, or in fact we'll see later, he is already, he had already begun the process of destroying Sedaim, and Avram stepped in to try to negotiate, to try to avert this uh, destruction of Sedaim. So Rashi quotes the words, Vayiga Shavram, that's the heading of Rashi, that Avram approached, and he says, We find the term Hagosha, approach, in reference to war, as it says, Then he says, We find also Hagosha Lepius. We find the term approach in reference to persuasion uh, or to appeasement. It says, Later, when the story with Yosef and Yehuda, Yehuda approached Yosef. Right? And he was pleading with him to give back Binyamin. And then Rashi says, We also find this term, approach, in reference to davening, where it says, You know, approach. But over there, it means that he came up to daven. And Rashi now concludes, For all this, Avraham. Avram went into all this. Notice that he doesn't use the word nigash Avram, that Avram approached, but rather nichnas, he went in. Ledaber koshes, to speak stern words, ulepius, and for uh, persuasion, ulitfila, and for prayer. Now, on the surface, Lechayda would seem that the reason Rashi explains this is because at the end, in fact, we will find out that indeed Avram did all these three, right? And that's why Rashi, it tells us already in advance that this is what Avram stepped in to do. In other words, this was in his plan. This was his plan of action, to do all these three. However, the Rebbe has a whole list of questions. And uh, it's going to be eight questions, but follow. They're not difficult questions, and they actually all make sense, and they all get answered in the Sikha. Number one. The Rebbe asks the term Vayigash, and he approached, is a very common term in the Torah. There's nothing extraordinary about it. It's not a unique term. Why does Rashi find it necessary to explain? Number two, 
we know that if there's a problematic word or expression which Rashi deems necessary to explain, Rashi doesn't typically add anything else to the heading, only that which he's going to explain. Why is it that Rashi adds the word Avraham? The heading of this Rashi is Vayigash Avraham. Could have just said Vayigash. That's the that's the word that he's explaining, and that's what he keeps on. In, that's what he keeps on explaining as he goes through the Rashi. He explains how each you know different type of Vayigash. Number three. Why does Rashi conclude at the end, like he as if summarizing this Rashi that to, for all of this Avraham went in. I mean, it's obvious from the Psukim, it's obvious from what Rashi said, that this is all the three things that he is planning to do. And another question, number four. Why does Rashi find it necessary to bring proofs for what the word Vayigash means, what, to, what approach means here, from elsewhere, from a different parsha, from Nach? Why, why would you have, from, from, from Yoyov? From, from Yaliyo Anavi, why not just bring from this very Parsha? Which in fact Avram did, right? This, you see part of it, he's speaking like sternly with Hashem, part he tries to beg, and then he tries to daven and say, please, you know, try to save the situation. Why is it that Rashi brings a proof from elsewhere? And also, why didn't Rashi first say, that you know he uh, that that um, uh, that he approached, he came in to do all these three things and then qualify it by bringing the proofs. The way Rashi brings it is in three separate stanzas. First, he explains why Yigash means kashis sternly, and he shows it. It means like a war, you know, like to be combative, and he brings a proof. Then he goes to the next thing that it could that it means, and he brings a proof. That's not so. That's not typical of Rashi. Usually, what you, Rashi would do is tell us he went in for all these three things, and then qualify it with the proofs. A fifth question, and, and we kind of asked it already. Why didn't Rashi just bring proof from the parsha itself, from what Avraham Avinu did? It later on. Just bring the proofs from there and, and, and go show back retroactively. That's what Vayigash meant, that he went for all these things because, in fact, he did it. Number six, Rash, and this is the question the Rebbe quotes the Sif Sechachamim, who's one of the primary commentaries on Rashi. The Sif Sechachamim, he asks, how is it that Rashi says that Vayigash Elov Yehuda, that Yehuda's approach to Yosef, was for appeals, was for appeasement, was to, you know, try to reason with him. When in fact, Rashi himself says on the words, Va'al yichar apcha, when Yehuda says to him, please do not get angry at me. Don't be angry at your servant for the way I'm speaking to you. That Rashi tells us that Yehuda's intent was to actually speak to him sternly and go, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing all this? What do you want from our lives? So it seems to contradict Rashi himself. Rashi cannot say one thing here and another thing there. In other words, Pshutish Mikra has to be consistent. Rashi is Pshutish Mikra. If the Pshat over here in Vayigash means this, he cannot bring a proof from there where over there he explains it totally differently. And another a seventh question, if this is the case, then why over there didn't he explain that Vayigash Elav Yehuda means that he approached, um, he approached Yosef 
for appeals, for persuasion, for appeasement. And then an eighth question, usually when Rashi explains a term, when Rashi says, let's say he's explaining the term Vayigash here, you stay consistent and you keep on using that term. You don't switch over to another term. But if you notice at the end of Rashi, and I kind of pointed it out already, Rashi switches and says, And for all of these, Avram went in, not Avram approached. Why? Does this nuance actually mean something? And we'll soon see in the Sikha. So the Rebbe explains the answer as follows. Before the words, Look in the Pasuk, what does it say? It says, That Avram was still standing there before Hashem. So what did the Pasuk do? The Pasuk pointed out clearly that Avram was stationary. Avram was standing there before Hashem. There's no need for him to approach. There's no need for him to walk close to Hashem. He is Lifnei Hashem. But then the Pasuk says, Vayigash Avram, Avram approached. That's where Rashi got the cue. That's where we get the hint that this Vayigash Avram is not the typical Vayigash in a, a physical approach going from one, from point A to point B, but rather this is an emotional Vayigash. This is a mindful Vayigash. This is an approach of intent of what he's going to do. And this is why Rashi stresses that for all of these, Avram went in. What does it mean, all of this he went in? He went into action because he was already there, he was already standing. And therefore, Rashi could not stick to that same thing as approach because it would be confusing, it would throw us off again. So Rashi, that's why he concludes with the words, and this is what he went in for. And since Rashi's point in this whole explanation, where Rashi derives from the words, Vayiga Shavram, is that not that he approached physically, but that he set his mind, he went into action with a certain intent, with a certain uh, uh, plan of action. Therefore, in other words, the key over here is that he approached ready for all these three things. He approached with the intent of doing all these three things. And therefore, Rashi cannot rely on what, you know, played out later in the next several psukim. In other words, Rashi cannot derive a raya, a proof from there. This is one of the questions. Rashi cannot derive a raya from there that this is what Vayigash meant. Why? Because the fact is that if you look closely what was the first thing that Avram started with? He spoke kashais. He spoke very firmly. He spoke sternly. So it could be that he spoke sternly. That was his intent. And then later, when that didn't work, he started pius. He started persuasion. That he did tefillah. So there's no proof, proof from later on as to what vayigash really means. But vayigash bringing proof from elsewhere, where you see a so to speak a precedent in Tanakh of what Vayigash means, that proves what Rashi is saying, that he approached, he came into this whole thing, his plan of action was to do such. However, the question is, what happens 
what happens with the Vayigash Elav Yehuda? We know Vayigash Elav Yehuda, the question of Sifsechachamim is a very valid question. The answer is, look at the words Vayigash Elav Yehuda. Vayigash Elav Yehuda, immediately what did he say? Be Adoni, please my master. You can see clearly that what was his approach, at least his initial approach, be Adoni, please, I am here to pious, I'm here to persuade you, I'm here to plead with you, I'm here to appease you. That is clear from the Pasuk, Rashi doesn't have to explain it. Only when the Pasuk continues and says, do not get angry at me. Why would somebody get angry at you if you are trying to persuade them, if you're trying to appease them, if you're speaking softly, if you're saying, there Rashi jumps on it and says, oh, he also had intent of speaking to him, of speaking to him, you know, harsh, stern words. And that's precisely, precisely why Rashi puts it in a separate Dibur Hamaskil over there. Well, Rashi only, in other words, only on the words, because over there, after the Pasuk clearly states, that he said, please, and he was speaking in a, in, in, in a tone of peace, in a tone of persuasion. Only afterwards comes the Chiddush that at the very same time, simultaneously, he also had intent, if necessary, he's going to speak to him harshly. That's why Rashi focuses on it in a separate Divra Hamaschel. But it doesn't contradict what, you know, what it, it, it merely meant, what his real approach was for, namely, Vayigash Elav Yehuda, Yehuda approached in order to speak Divra appeals, in order to speak words of persuasion. And that's how Rashi brings a raya for here. So now the Rebbe goes in, Miyeno Shel Remember the wine of Torah. The deeper secrets, like wine, brings out the secrets. It's hidden there, but it's there. Deeper flavor. We know what was the media, what is the attribute of Avram. We know that Avram is chesed. Avram is always called Avram Oyhavi. Avram's approach to service of Hashem was Ahava, love, which is closeness. And the question is, if that's the case, how is it possible that Avram approached Hashem with the mindset of speaking harshly? And moreover, not only did he plan, did he intend on speaking harshly, but he actually started with that. What kind of Avram Oyhavi is that? What kind of love is that? What kind of relationship is that to start off speaking sternly to Hashem? What's the explanation? Avram was indeed a person that was full of love, full of kindness. But when we say that, make not no mistake, he wasn't a softy. This wasn't a naturally predisposed emotional attribute that he couldn't help himself. But rather, this was a mode of service of Hashem. In other words, he wasn't just a softy or a weakling. That's not real avo. That's not real service of Hashem. He served Hashem out of love. He worked on that love. However, when you're serving Hashem with love and a situation like this arises where you see a need to save people, Hashem had already begun. If you look closely at the words that Rebbe points out, that he didn't say to Avram what I am going to do. 
Asher ani oise that I'm already doing. I'm already in the process of turning over Sadaim, of flipping it over, of destroying all the people. Avram doesn't have time to start speaking nicely and start to, you know, let's negotiate a little bit, let's talk about it or whatever. He has no choice. He has to step into action, spring into action, I mean, and say, no, you can't do this. How, how can such a great God like you do this? In other words, Avram is not stopping his Ahavot to Hashem, but his Ahavot to Hashem is not a default. Avram is capable of kashos. Avram is capable of speaking sternly when you need to, especially when you need to save others, when you need to save a situation. And that's the Avram Avinu. That, you know, when you have a situation of danger like this, you don't start making, the ever puts into quotations, cheshbonus, all kinds of calculations. Well, look, I'm talking to Hashem. I cannot do this. It's not right. No, you do what you have to do. And of course, the most important part here is this all was not just to describe the life of Avram Avinu or what happened back then, but since it's being shared with us, and Rashi makes the point to tell us that this is what Avram approached to do. This was his, his, his plan of action. And indeed, we see that he started with speaking firmly, speaking sternly to Hashem to save others. He went against what he normally and typically would do. This is a lesson for us. A person, when it comes to helping others, when it comes to saving lives, whether it's literally physically saving lives or spiritually, which is no less important, to, to bring someone closer to Yiddishkeit, a person is cannot start making cheshbonus and say, listen, I'll try this way, I'll try that way. But the action, and the Rebbe emphasizes here, this is a beautiful idea, the plan of action, the approaches that you're going full throttle that you're going to do it. And whatever is necessary, whatever it's going to take to accomplish, to get the mission accomplished, that's what you're going to do. And if it takes kashas to speak sternly or to do, to work firmly, that's what you're going to do. Nothing's going to stop you in the way. And the Rebbe says, if someone argues, well, look, I'm going to do what I can. And as long as I physically do what I have to do and whatever will be, will be. No. You see, from Avram Avinu, he didn't just start and, you know, okay, try this, try that. He was nigash. He approached this matter. His plan of action was, I'm going to do, the first and foremost, speak kashis, speak firmly, speak sternly, even though that was an extraordinary thing for Avram Avinu to do, especially considering his beautiful relationship that he had with the Abishter and so on.